Hello, welcome to the Stubborn Tortoise Podcast. I'm Donna Pazdera. Today I have a very special interview, Master's Edition, for you. Um, this is about a person, or a person, a man named Dickie Longo, who lives in New Orleans, Louisiana, and is just one of the most exceptional people I've ever talked to. Um, it was kind of weird because I was sort of parachuting into this interview. Um, I'm, I was doing the interview as sort of a favor to my friend, Agatha, who is part of my San Antonio off-road runners group. Um, she's helping an Australian author named Sue Oakes, um, editing her book. And Sue was having some trouble kind of getting some additional information about Dickie. Um, and you know, Agatha didn't feel particularly qualified. And so she asked me, um, because I have experience as a journalist, um, if I could help her, you know, with, with some interview questions, uh, for this. So this is how this started. This was last Monday, I think. Um, and again, it's, it's weird sort of parachuting into somebody else's project. Cause you're just sort of like, Oh God, I don't know if I'm asking the right questions. I mean, even though she gave me some questions to ask, but I had read a draft of a first chapter of the book. So there were some questions I had, um, mainly here's a guy who has spent, well, I found out through the course of our interview, a couple thousand dollars over, you know, the course of many years, um, giving shoes to people who want to run, who may not otherwise be able to. Um, and then he also, <laughs> this part I loved, he keeps like a little wad of twenties in his wallet and gives them to people who want to do races, but can't otherwise afford them. And to me, this was just insane. I was like, Oh my God, this is so incredible. What an amazing person. But his backstory is just as interesting as he is. Um, he was just a delight to talk to. Um, I mean, I was incredibly nervous at first calling him. Um, in fact, you'll hear the call recorder software going, your call is being recorded. Um, because we couldn't really, I couldn't figure out the technology. And so I just used this app that records people's, um, that records phone calls and it worked out pretty well. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad, but we, were, <laughs> I mean, what I was only expecting to be maybe a 30 minute conversation turned into about an hour and, um, but it was worth every minute and you will occasionally hear some drops in the, in the, uh, audio. I think it might've just been a connection thing or whatever. Um, or, you know, sometimes we talked over each other or me talking over him, which is more likely the case. Cause that's how I am. Uh, not in a bad way. I mean, it was just sort of like, I just got excited and was like, Ooh, yay, let's talk. So yeah, he was so cool. I just, I really, he was very gracious. Um, he, he tells great stories and just seems like the loveliest person you could probably ever meet. And um, he's since uh, been contacted by a, um, a local uh, athletic shoe store uh, and they give him um, what they call them uh, like try on shoes, uh, samples, whatever. I can't think of the proper word right now. But anyway, they give him boxes of shoes that have been tried on and returned and they can't sell them. And so he keeps them in his garage, I think. Um, and just kind of travels around with them and gives them to people who might be needing them. So it's pretty cool. And so we talked shoes a little bit, although he is a road runner, um, runs six to eight miles a day and, um, just has this really sunny attitude and has a very interesting background just as far as his life goes. Um, some of it's very heartbreaking, which I'm not going to give away the the stories, but I think you need to listen to this. Um, I did contact Sue because obviously I was doing the interview for her, uh, and not necessarily for me, but I contacted her and asked her if it was okay if I used this as a, um, I don't know, a, uh, episode of my podcast, because I, I just thought it was such a good interview and he could be inspirational to other people. And she was incredibly, you know, ecstatic about that. Just, yes, we, we need more people to know about him and what he does and his cause, et cetera. 
So, um, this interview sometimes, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I might ask some questions and he might not know the, all the answers and that's okay. I just kind of, the way I like to do my podcast is to not edit it, uh, very much or at all if, if I have to, because I just sort of feel like, you know, you just need to hear the whole conversation as it evolved. And again, it was a really wonderful conversation. Um, I can't begin to tell you how much fun it was to talk to him. And it kind of made me feel like a journalist again. Um, so with that, uh, I bring you the episode of Dickie Longo. Hello. This call is being Hi. recorded. I'm sorry. Hi, is this Dickie? Yes, indeed, Donna. How are you? <laughs> I couldn't be better, thank you. Well, I am glad to hear that. Yeah, so I, I was kind of last minute trying to figure out how to record a phone call. Um, I've been using oh. Zoom so much for everything. No, it's okay. I just I just tested this app with my sister, and uh, it worked. So we're we're doing. The guy said that we're recording, so I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you're anyway. you're so smart. I could I I couldn't figure that out. No way. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I mean, I. I totally get it. It's like, it's been a learning curve because I teach um, at a university here in Texas and um, I, oh, uh, where at? yeah, I've had where to, at? Uh, at a, well, it's, oh shoot. And guess what? I got a pair of running shoes just now arriving at my front door. <laughs> go, go get them. Oh, yeah, go get them. I know. I know. I just heard my doorbell. Anyway, thank you. You can't hear me. <laughs> running shoes. Yeah, Boy, you're a, you're a guy after my own heart with running shoes. Oh, Oh, I know, I know. Uh, I use I do, this is a new pair of Saucony uh, Kinvaras, and um, oh yeah, I love them. They're my they're my go to road shoe. Um, I'm mainly a, a trail runner, but um, anyway, oh really? Uh. Yeah, but um, but anyway, yeah, no. So I teach at you know, um, <laughs> Texas A and M University, uh, San Antonio. It's kind of a new campus. Oh yeah. And, uh, uh, so I teach my, my son got my son got his. Law degree at St. Mary's University in San Antonio. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've only lived here. Both. I've only lived here three years, so I'm kind of new. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. But yeah. Uh, so, uh, where does he live now? He lives in uh, that one. Lives in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. He's vice president for Waste Management International. Nice. Very nice. Oh yeah. <laughs> he cool. that law degree propelled him into a job that's. He has fifty three thousand employees underneath him, so he's he's pretty important. I'm so proud of him. Yeah, I would be too. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, well, this is this is kind of interesting for me because, um, as, as I mentioned, I'm an ex journalist. So, I mean, I, that was one of the reasons. Oh, um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you've talked to. Ag well, I guess you you do know of Agatha because she's helping edit the book. Oh yeah. She's a friend. Oh yeah. She's one of my running buddies, and um, oh, and she okay. knows about my yeah. She knows about me, you know, because I'm. A, I'm a runner and a journalist or former journalist. And um, anyway, she asked me if I would kind of help them out with this. And I'm like, wow, I don't know. I mean, but fortunately, what, Sue gave what do me I do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I know. Well, it's, it's hard when you kind of have to like parachute in because I'm just like, well, I hope I'm asking, you know, the stuff that I, that, you know, she won't, I mean, she gave me some questions to ask you, which is helpful. And, um, okay. and I have some other, you know, I've been looking, you know, uh, I've been reading your Facebook posts and things like that, and um, uh, I just don't don't, bo that, don't bore yourself. <laughs> don't bore oh, yourself. No, it's, it's amazing. No, I I just I was really <laughs> impressed with with what you're doing, and but one thing, uh, and I did read like the first, I guess it's like the working chapter of the book, and one thing kind of jumped out at me, and I don't know if this is going to help her or not, but it was just it made me curious is that I noticed that you you <laughs> like to give you like to give people running shoes and. How did um, how did that ever you know come about? I mean, why? <laughs> I mean, if for for one thing, you know, you're, I guess you're checking out other people's shoes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it's I, I'll tell you a little story how it started. The first pair of running shoes I ever gave away. Would that be appropriate? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I I went to a playground track. It has a, a four four hundred meter track around at this playground, and I went out there to to do my speed work that day. And sitting out next to the uh, concession stand was a young black male, I'd say maybe 15 or 16, just sitting there. And uh, I said hi. He didn't say anything back to me. <laughs> so I went out and ran my 
I ran around, ran, ran around the 400-meter track about six or seven times, finished up and was walking back to my car, and he was still sitting there, and I was just to make conversation. I said, are you a runner? He said, yeah, I was. I said, well, what do you mean you was? He said, well, my running shoes, I don't have them anymore. They're all torn up, and I don't have enough money to buy new running shoes. So I took oh. off one of my pair, and I had just put on a new pair of, of Hoka shoes to run the, the track that day. So uh-huh. I took off one of my shoes, my right shoe, and I said, here, try this on. He kind of looked at me kind of funny. He said, well, I said, try this shoe on. So he took off his other shoe, it was a flip-flop or something, and he tried on my running shoe, and he said, that's pretty good. I said, so I punched the toe, and it, it, was, it was pretty big. So I went into the restroom there and got a bunch of tissue paper and brought it back and stuck it in the toe of the shoe. And I said, now, here, try that. He said, oh, yeah, that, that's good. And I said, well, here's the other shoe. I said, I want you, I want you to take these shoes. He said, what? I said, yes, I want you to take these shoes and, and continue your running program. So I walked my car in my stocking feet, got in the car, started <laughs> up, and looked at the rearview mirror, and there he was running around the track. It, oh it almost gosh. brought a tear to my eyes, you know, See that young man is happy running again because he had a pair of shoes. So I drove home with my socks and feet. And my got home. My wife said, "Where's your shoes?" I said, "I gave them away." She said, "You what?" I said, "Yeah, I gave them to a young man that had didn't have any shoes." She said, "Oh." She just kind of hugged me. She said, "That's nice." That is <laughs> That's my nice. first what, pair of running shoes. I ever, <laughs> that first pair of running shoes I ever gave away, and I, since I've given about two hundred pair, I guess. Oh my gosh! Do you remember what kind of hokas they were? Which uh, model? They were the uh, one of the first models. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see, the Hoka. Uh, uh, what, what was, I'm running the Rencon now, but I can't, I can't remember the first model. Okay. Clifton. That's okay. the Clifton. The Clifton's. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a yeah. very popular model. Yeah. yeah. So, so you're I'm running I'm running the uh, Rencon now, and I'm running the uh, the Tracer Two to do all my races. They're kind of a a flat uh, speed racing shoe. They they weigh about six ounces each, so I figure I pick up maybe ten or fifteen seconds by wearing wearing light shoes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I had to wear some. Uh, I had to wear some. I had plantar fasciitis for a while. And, oh boy. Oh, oh, worse. I know it was terrible. Oh, and oh. the only shoes that I could run road in were these uh, Hoka Elevons, and they they came out about three years ago, I guess. And yeah, I know them. Um, yeah. They're and I mean they're really nice, but God, they're expensive. They're like hundred and sixty dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's true. No, <laughs> and I, I, I mean, but it was the only way I could run on pavement again, and so you know that that really kind of saved me. I mean, but now I'm back in the Sockenies. But but anyway, so that is so uh, the, cool. They're, though. they're I mean, not as, they're not as expensive. No, yeah, they're only like hundred bucks. Yeah, oh, I mean, really the problem is though. Yeah, you go through them pretty quick though, because they're they're you know they're oh. you know kind of a, a neutral, just kind of everyday training shoe, but, you know, and they're yeah. and they're they've got a bit, a bit of pep in them, so that's what I like about it. And because uh, I'm not a very fast runner, so <laughs> I'll take anything the, I can re- get. <laughs> the reason I went to Hoka, I had ruptured my Achilles tendon, and the doctor oh. happened to be a, the the surgeon happened to be a, he had to sew it back together. The surgeon happened to be a runner, so after surgery, I said, "Will I be able to run again?" He said, "Yeah, but." He, I said, what kind of shoe should I wear to protect this Achilles? He said, he said, a new shoe out called the Hoka. It's got a lot of padding. It's got a good elevation in the back, which you need for your Achilles. And I said, uh, so I started on Hoka. And, boy, I've been with them. That was uh, 2011, so I've been with them ever since. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's, I have a friend that's – well, I have a couple friends that swear by that. Yeah. So they're yeah, they're pretty you awesome got, you got like an elevated you got like an elevated heel. That's what yeah, it is. And see, and, that's – I yeah I'm I'm well I loved Ultra for a long time um, that zero yeah. drop for trails yeah. because it just right. I like to feel the ground under my feet you know well, um, you, I'm, I'm you, a little uncoordinated you're a trail runner I I can't run trails I I trip oh. twice on routes oh, and uh, I do it one, time. one time we had to go across <laughs> a little a stream and I slipped on this uh, rock on the stream and fell down so that was my last trail run. <laughs> Oh, I'm too old for trail run. I'm 83 and I I fall all over the place, so I I, I can't do oh, this anymore. That's funny. No, I see a lot of older people though out on the trails. I mean, um, really? I just did a race this week. Yeah, I just did a race this weekend, and some of them said that it's um, uh, it, it's it's a little softer on their knees and whatnot, just because it you know oh, yeah. you're not running on the the technical stuff. And um, plus, you're not worried yeah, about time. It, you can't make any time no. on trails, you know. No, no, and, and like, as I told you, I'm 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 a slow runner anyway, so it's 
Oh, the trails are meant for you, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Well, it reminds me when I was a kid. You know, I grew up in the country, and so it was just, yeah, it's just kind of cool. But but anyway, sorry, I'm blathering away. I I got a C in conduct in first grade. It said talks too much. Um, (laughs) You're kidding. (laughs) No, I'm I love it. I love it. You were very active, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just a blabbermouth, but but it's uh, oh, it's okay. It's it served me well as a journalist, and I mean I like oh, to I guess, yeah. But yeah. Uh, anyway, so let's get back to the okay. shoe thing just real quick. Sure. So when you when you when you meet people, because you know you said you've given away 200 pairs of shoes over the years, and I also noticed that you keep a wad of 20s, um, uh, you know, to to give people some money toward a, a race fee. Um, Right. Yeah. So, so what do you do when you when you see when you meet somebody and you know decide that you're going to give you know give them a pair of shoes or how does that how does that process work? Well, it happens all over the place. A good example is a, a neighbor down the street was running down the sidewalk. I noticed he had an old pair of what I call basketball shoes. You know, the old Chuck Taylor high top shoes. Oh yeah. He was running in those down down the block very slowly. And uh, he came back down the block, and I ran out and I stopped him. I said, I see that you're running. He said, yeah. I said, I'm trying to run a little bit. I said, you got you got the wrong shoes. I said, you can't run those. He said, yeah, they kind of hurt a little bit. I said, come on, I want to give you a pair of shoes. He said, what? I said, yeah, I got a pair of shoes there. What size are you wearing? He said, 12 and a half. I said, I got one pair of 12 and a half hokers here. And I went in my garage. I got a stack of about 20 pair of shoes, men's and women's. Went in and I picked out a pair of 12 and a half and gave them to him. And two days later, he was running down the street, and I Run out again. I said, "Well, how are you doing?" He said, oh, "I love these shoes." He said, "Oh, thank you so much." <laughs> so that's that's how I give them away for people who need them. Yeah. Another guy was running down the street and he was running in flip flops, and so oh I ran God. down the end of the yeah. I was running <laughs> down the end of the block and I took a pair of shoes down the end of the block and I laid them down. This is when the COVID was in, and I, I laid them down the middle of the block and I pointed to him. I said, "Here's your shoes." And I ran back to the house. And he got to the end of the block and he picked up the shoes and ran by and he knocked on my door and said, "Thank you." So and he oh. took off his flip flops and put on running shoes. So it happens in different ways. Another way, I was at a yeah. playground running, and there was a young man sitting on a bench. And I said, as all of us do, I said, are you a runner? He said, well, I like to run, but I don't have any shoes. So I gave him a pair of shoes, and he's been running ever since with them. I understand. Wow. You're like Santa Claus. So it happens, it happens different ways, you know. And some, people, some people in my church, I heard them talking that they, they, they like to walk. And uh, they were serious walkers, not runners, and a uh, husband and wife. And they said they like to walk every day. I said, do you have any decent walking shoes? He said, oh, we got these shoes. And he's pointing to them like casual shoes, you know, you see. So I I brought them both a pair of running shoes to church the next week. So, you know, that's how it goes. Different different areas, different places. I I give away shoes. Now, uh, it's a sporting goods running shoe, actually, a running shoe company here in town called Varsity Sports called me one day and they said, we see that you're giving shoes away and so on. I had been buying them out of my own pocket at that point. They said, we've got a bunch of demo shoes. Uh, people will come in, put on a pair of shoes and go out and run in, don't like them, bring them back, and uh, say, you know, let me try another pair. And You can't sell them for new because they've been running, they've been demoed. So they come out and say, we've got about 35, 40 pair of demo shoes. We'd like to give them to you so you can give them away. To other people, oh so I went down to the store, picked up about thirty pair of demo shoes, put them in my garage, and uh, now I take them to races, and uh, I put them out on a table, men's and women. I say free shoes, because you know, like you say, shoes is one hundred fifty dollars. You, yeah. you can't afford that very often, so I figure I'd, I'd take them to races that I go to, and I put them out on a table, and they they can pick up a pair of free shoes that have been worn maybe a couple miles as a as a demonstrator shoe. So. That's what I've been doing lately. So I'm not having to buy all the shoes out of my own pocket now. The Varsity Sports <laughs> Company has given me a bunch of shoes to give away. So that's really helped. That's great. And that's a good promotion yeah. for that company as well because, you know, it's yeah. kind of win-win they, they have all t- around. They have T-shirts called Varsity Sports, and I wear a T-shirt after every race. I put on the Varsity Sports T-shirt, walk around and give out shoes so they know where they came from. So it's a, it's a pretty good advertisement for them, I think. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, how much do you think you spent on shoes over the years for you know other people? Oh, a couple thousand. 
Yeah. Wow. That's that's so generous and, and lovely. It'd be nice if there are more people in the world like you because be, oh, I, you know, I don't know so, about that. Running things. <laughs> well, no, I do. I mean, not everyone you know does that. So I, I think that's awesome. Um, one of the things that um, that that Sue wanted me to ask you about, um, and I did notice this too, is that. You definitely have some. Um, you, you like wearing clothes that kind of make you stand out in the pack. Um, <laughs> what do you think? That, what kind of impact do you think that makes on on you know your life and then those around you? And maybe just well, some uh, of those outfits. Interesting. Uh, race <laughs> race recently. Uh, I finished the race and I, uh, elderly gentleman like myself. He wasn't quite as old as me. I think he was in maybe his early seventies. He afterwards he came up and he said, "You know, I was I was trying to run and catch those yellow pants." He said, I saw those yellow pants in front of me. That's what I had on. And he said, I was trying to catch those yellow pants. And I never could catch you. So that was one, that's one reason they tried to catch me from my outfits that I wear. Not just I'm very colorful. In fact, all the other clothes I have are colorful. My wife's the same. Yeah. We like color. Uh, most runners wear gray or black or, or brown. Yeah. And I said, no, I mean, and also I, I kind of kid people. I said, I wear Loud colors because I don't want anybody running over me when they pass me. They can actually see me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's your what's your favorite ensemble? Probably uh, my uh, let's see, would be my favorite. My probably my light blue shirt, my yellow okay. pants, and my shoes that are my tracer two are yellow shoes. Okay. Then I got an orange. I my all orange outfit. I wear an orange shirt, orange shorts, and orange shoes. And I, I said sometimes some people mistake me for a traffic cone, <laughs> or a pumpkin. Uh, not really. Yeah, I ran a pumpkin race here just before uh, Halloween, and sure enough, someone said I put that on that I had worn that outfit. And they said, "You're an old pumpkin, aren't you?" I said, "Yes." <laughs> So I wear awesome. a different ensemble. I, I, I've got an all-green outfit, and I call myself the, the green running machine because i got an all-green <laughs> outfit, green shoes, green pants, green shirt. And so it, it goes wow. on from there. In fact, I think I, in a post to, to Sue one time, I, I described some of the outfits that I wear. So she's probably going to put yeah. that in the book someplace. Awesome. Yeah. So that's. <laughs> I think that's really cool. You've never worn, like, a tutu or anything like that, have you? I, 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 that's funny that you ask. I went to a race and it was called the Tutu Race, and it was oh. in a little town here called Baton Rouge, which is about 60 yeah. miles from here. So I went around, going to run the Tutu Race, and I put on a post. I said, "Should I wear a tutu? 83-year-old runner tutu? Are you kidding me?" And they said, uh, "Yeah, wear a tutu." I didn't have a tutu, so what I did. I took a a pink. I have a pink running shirt, so I. Tied around my waist, so it kind of hung down a little bit, like, almost like a tutu, and I wore that in place of a tutu. <laughs> oh, God, that's so funny. <laughs> that's yeah, the closest thing have, I could come a, to a tutu. That's so funny. You know, I, well, I thought about that because we have a race called um, Run for Your Cha-Chas, and it's a breast cancer awareness uh, you know, oh, yeah. race. And, and the men even wear tutus. And so it's just it's hilarious. Yeah. You know, everybody's in pink and all this stuff. So it's pretty colorful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, so one thing, one other thing that uh, that she wanted me to talk to you about is your faith um, and your relationship with God and what that means to you and how that has impacted that impacted you as a runner. Oh, I just uh, I think that's where, that's where it all starts. Uh, uh, my faith is is deep. Uh, I developed a deep faith as a, as a youngster, about a sixteen year old, where I gave myself to God and I said, you know. Uh, you're my leader. You take care of me the rest of my life. When I was a young boy of nine years old, my mother walked out of the house one day, never came back, and I, I grew up without a, without a mother, so to speak. So that's when I turned to God and I said, you know, I need help. I don't have a mother. My dad uh, worked all night and slept all day, so I, I didn't have parents per se for uh, about eight, six or eight years. So uh, I, I just turned to God and I said, uh, you're my parent. I mean, you have to take care of me. You have to give me direction. You have to do everything you can. So that's what I've kind of relied on now, and it's carried through my entire lifetime. So now I'm, I'm very faith, uh, faith-based, and I believe that yeah. all, everything is, is governed by, by the Almighty. So that's 
that's where it all started, and that's where I am to this day, if you will. Someone said, yeah. do you pray to win a race? And I said, no, I, I pray that, that I will be able to run to my potential. Mm-hmm. You can't pray to win. How's, how's God no. going to win, favor somebody over you? But I, I pray that I will be able to run to my potential. If my potential is good enough to win, fine. If it isn't, fine. So that that's my prayer with regard to yeah. my potential is what I want to try to reach. That's it. That's that's great. What do you because I mean that's pretty young to um you know make these you know when you said you're like nine and this you know and you know made this revelation about um you know that you need to turn yourself over to God and you know without you know any parents so to speak um that I don't know I'm just really impressed with how how that mindset came about I mean did it sort of come to you one day or was it like a well no well or? actually it. Uh, I went to, uh, when I was a real youngster, my, my father put us into a little private school. I think I was in maybe the what, third grade at the time, that type of thing. And we were in a one-room school. The first two rooms, first two rows in the room were first grade. The second two rows were second grade. And the third two rows were third grade. We had one teacher. She had three grades in one room. And, that, and every hour, every day, in an hour, the minister of the Lutheran Church would come in and give us a devotional for about an hour, which was too long. But anyway, gave <laughs> that. So he he kept preaching, you know, turn yourself to God. And as a youngster at that time, I kept listening to him, listening to him. I said, well, maybe a situation I'm in it would be the best thing to do. So that that's where it all started. That uh, that's minister great. at the Lutheran school at the, that at, Oh boy! I mean, I have my book coming out. It's going to, I think, going to be titled "How Running Saves Lives." I think he at that time mm-hmm. actually saved me. But I think without running and running on the playground and running on the track team, uh, I, I would have gotten a real bind with a lot of trouble, getting with the wrong group, and so on. But I think the running and that and my faith uh, really saved me. I, I really believe that. Yeah. It sounds like running comes easy to you also because you've been running since you were nine. So it sounds like this isn't, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. as for me, you know, I didn't really start running until about 10 years ago or so. And, really? Uh, oh, you know, so, yeah, yeah. I was always a cyclist. And so, um, you know, oh. I was more into like, you know, you know biking because oh. that kind of came easy to me, you know. Um, but, yeah, so um, that's, that's really good. So were you always good at it or was it just something that just. Oh, yeah. I, I was, like, uh, you know, how success breeds. Success and I was I was good at it when I was nine and went into running when I was in junior high and then in high school I did running and played actually played four sports in high school but running was one of my favorites and then I got out of college and got to running because of the background that I had and I was I was good at it and I was actually winning races and uh, that that you know you win one race you get hooked. And then you're going to keep on running forever. I think you know winning, <laughs> yeah, winning brings success. And yeah, oh yeah, you, you you won races. You know what I'm talking about. So yeah, it, it brings yeah. you back I mean, every week. Age. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, me too. I, well, I think for me, I think it's always the and, and this is trail running culture. But I think it's just the type of people that do trail running. They're just a little oh, different yeah. than road runners, and so. Um, I identify more with them, and so I, I you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with road running, <laughs> but yeah, that community I think is important, you know. Oh, the, the the running community. I mean, they're the greatest people in the world. I, I really believe that. I've uh, I've met one bad running person, and <laughs> and the Ooh. thousands that I've met, uh, one bad guy who come up to me and all want to talk politics and who was I for, and and he, uh. after the election's over, he blasts me and so on. So that's that's the one bad person that I found of it running of all the people I've ever met in the running community. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never talk politics while running. Yeah. No, oh, I, I, I can't get away from it. Yeah. He, he he walks behind yeah, me, hounds me, and I. Oh. I think I so had a guy like that about one. six. I had a guy like that about six years ago. Or eight years ago, I think, and it's actually the race I just did this weekend. Um, but I'm, mean, you know, I, just, oh. I do it every year. And um, this guy, he um, he got next to me, and it was like, uh, you know, forgive me if I don't want to offend you, but he reminded me like of Rush Limbaugh or something. And it was just like as soon as I told him I was an ex journalist, as soon as I told him I was like an ex journalist, that set set him off. And then oh, I told him I'm a professor. 
you know, and that I taught, you know, I taught down in the Rio Grande Valley, which is on the Mexican border. And, you know, he's like, oh, I bet oh, those yeah. kids are all on financial aid and everything. And I'm like, oh, my oh, God, yeah. you know, and I couldn't <laughs> shake him. <laughs> I ended Isn't up that DNFing terrible? that race. I know. I ended up DNFing the race because I just had to get away from him. And plus, I yeah. kept falling because it was really cold. My feet were frozen. <laughs> Oh, oh my god! So I totally understand oh, that. Yeah, that's bad. But um, but otherwise, the racing community is, is just terrific. That's another reason I keep running to, to go to race. I go to race. I run a race every weekend. I ran fifty-five mm-hmm. races last year, and so that's why that's yeah. why I get my socialization. That's where I meet people and talk to people and meet wonderful Same. people. And yes, and, and the running community. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's my social outlet. I have it sure. at church once in a while, but. Nothing like what I have there, man. And there's people with like interest, you know. That running yeah. is our our whole mantra, so that, that's why I enjoy the races so much. And they're hard. The older I get, the harder they get. Because I try to keep the same speed, and it's impossible. <laughs> you know. You said. <laughs> oh man. I, I, I ran a five. I ran a five k ten years ago in like uh, twenty six minutes. I ran a five k yesterday, and I ran it in uh, thirty three minutes. So, but that's at eighty three, so I guess that's. That's, that's possible, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, 50, 59. That's how old I am. And um, yeah, and I mean, I, I can't do a 5K in, you know, like maybe 35 minutes or something just because. Oh. I just, boy, did you, but, and boy, you're, you're really going to rack up, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Always I, at the young end of the rent. Oh, the young end of the running age, you know, you really do well. Then you get a little older and people catching up and getting into your age bracket and you get slower all the time. I think I lose about 10 or 12 seconds every year, and then oh, yeah. it keeps going I mean, that way. Yeah, same. And, uh, yeah, it's been a little frustrating, but I've just tried to – but also because I, I moved from the Rio Grande Valley, which is really flat, to San Antonio, which has got some elevation to it. I mean, it's not oh, like mountains, yeah, but yeah. but it's enough yeah, to make well. a difference. And, you know, it's, it's like getting older and then coupled with that, I'm like, great. But this race this past weekend was over outside of LaGrange, Texas, and um, which wow. is pretty flat. And, man, I felt like I could run, you know. It was like super fun. <laughs> I could <can> go. <laughs> it's like, I still can do this. You know? oh, oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, so so your faith, um, I wanted to get back to that just briefly. Um, is that what, you know, drives you to, you know, help other people or is it something else? I mean, I can't yeah, have already answered this. Yeah. I, I feel that running has given so much to me. I have, The way of paying back is to help other runners. I mean, that that's yeah. my one payback is I've gotten so much out of running. I think it has actually saved my life. I'm very healthy. I'm 83. I have no problems whatsoever. I think running has done that. So to repay the good graces that I've come into with regard to running, I want to pay back somehow. And I've, I'm at the point now where I don't need money. Uh, I can use a little bit of my money to help people. In fact, I've been doing a lot of giving a, a running fees to runners. They can't afford them. In fact, uh, it was, there was a family, a black family, that uh, they were at a race, and there was a mother and father and three kids. And after the race was over, I came come and walked to them. I said, boy, I'm sure proud of y'all family running. I mean, that's terrific. I said, when's your next race? And the little guy said, no, no, we just get to run one race a year. That's that's all we can afford, one race a year. Aww. I said, really? I said, would you like to run more races? He said, oh, yeah, sure. So I go to my car, I write out a check for $400, bring it back to him. I said, here's enough money for you all to run four more races. And, oh, the mother started crying. The little girl would come up and hug me. And so I, that, that's the way my way of paying back. Because, you know, yeah. for them to run five and run a race, that's $100 plus shoes. So, you know, I can't afford that, uh, let alone them. So, so that, that's, no, I that's get how it. I pay back. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's awesome. Um what was the other thing I was going to ask you? Um, so you, you've described yourself as a running missionary, and what does that mean? And you know, tell me a little bit more about you know that and like the vision just, of that for the just, future. Just try, like a regular missionary would be out share, sharing the word of God, and I'm mm-hmm. a running missionary, so I'm sharing the the word of running, trying to convert <laughs> people into runners, trying to supply them with what they need with regard to shoes and money and so on. So I'm I'm just I'm out seeking converts, converts to try to get people. Who, uh, good example, I had a young man, that I had a water heater go out. And so I, 
the young man came to install a new water heater in our house. And we were just, as he was installing, of course, I was talking to him. I said, uh, are you, he was nice and thin, looked nice and said, uh, as I do to anyone I ever see, I said, are you a runner? He said, no, I'm not a runner. I said, well, I tell you what, I said, if I give you some running shoes and give you a beginning running program, I've got one, a beginning running program that I have printed out. And I said, would you mind starting running a little bit? And I said, in fact, he said, well, I said, my sister runs. I said, well, here's some running shoes. So I go over my stock of running shoes I had. I gave him a pair of running shoes. I said, here, you can go run with your sister now. And you start this running program. And uh, I said, here's my email. I said, if you ever need anything else, just email me, and I'll, I'll see what I can do for you. So I got an email about oh, a month later and said, uh, said, boy, I sure am enjoying running with my sister. So I, there's, there's a convert <laughs> from a yeah. non-runner to a running. So it has something to run with, which is great. Good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that, 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 that's the way I, I convert people into running. I mm-hmm. said, a, a, a workman, a repair person, don't dare come to my house because I'll, I'll turn you into a runner. <laughs> 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 I think the word's getting out. Hey, don't, don't go to the Longo house because he'll, he'll talk you into becoming a runner. You don't want that. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. I, you know, I tend to do that with some of my students too, because I've gotten some of them into the, oh, yeah. you know, running yeah. scene, and uh, yeah, so it's kind of fun. You know, it, and, you know, they they laugh at me when I tell them I've, you know, done a fifty mile race or, you know, fifty k wow. or something like that. And they're like, what? Do you, do you do those now? Yeah, I like ultras. I I do. I mean, I haven't oh. done one in a couple of years because, well, this year training went off the rails just because of. You know, oh, sure. everything getting canceled. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, my goal, I'm, uh, there's one that's coming up the day after my birthday. It's called Rocky Raccoon. It's over at um, Huntsville State Park, which is in Huntsville, uh, Texas, and not too uh-huh. far from uh, Louisiana. And uh, it's such a fun yeah, race. Yeah, it's, it's, it's in eastern Texas, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. one of my favorite places to run because it's flat. Um <laughs> But, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm doing I'm doing the 50k over there, and I haven't done done that one in wow. a couple of years, so I just I need to get wow. back at it. But I find, see that, that, with me, that's, that's, I find is yeah, that I do after your 60th birthday. Yeah. Yep, uh, after yep. your 60th birthday, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's well, you you win the 60, you'll win the 60 and over then, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. Be, I don't know if they do. I think they just give it in masters, but. Yeah, that's the one thing. Oh, really? Like after, yeah, yeah. That, well, they they might, but I don't know. It, see, road races are, I mean, trail races are a little different, just in that they yeah, they'll do a... like the top three, and then you know you may place oh. in your age group, but they don't give you something, you know, you can brag. You know, oh, they don't. Nobody else has to know. <laughs> but it's okay. I ran a race. Um, uh, I ran a race this past weekend, and uh, I won maze division, the eighty and over, and it was down yeah. here in Cajun country. So my my award that I got. Was a, uh, a little trivet with the the face of the race on it, which was nice. They gave me a foot long andouille sausage and a a wooden uh, stir stick, so I could make my that's own fun. gumbo. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun! <laughs> that, that, that was the award. And instead of a trophy or a medal, they gave us stuff to eat. <laughs> that's good. Andouille that's sausage. Good. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, we uh, yeah, I've got I've got some trophies sitting around my. I mean, these are but see like again with trail races, it's like they're those you know um, uh, metal sculptures of like oh, yeah. cows and and you know goats and stuff like yeah. that. You know, you know sure. the hammered metal. Yeah. yeah so so I got a few of those. But anyway, God, sorry, you don't need to hear all about me. But um, I mean, I know you've talked about your your life changing as a nine year old. Um, but uh-huh. I don't think we've talked about how running impacted that and how that saved your life or maybe we have i apologize but or if you can elaborate on that just a little bit more see i mean i think you just said that you just started running and it was great blah 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 but um well, but it saved really, your life well uh when i would uh when my mother left and my uh, father worked all day and never saw him i would get out of school and i would come home to an empty house and uh i noticed a playground on the way home so i just stopped in one day and I said, I want to play some basketball. I said, no. The playground doctor said, no, you've got to run first. I said, what? He said, yes. Everybody that comes here at the playground, before they can play any other sport, have to go and run around this track five times. Then you can go play your sport. I said, okay. So I <laughs> ran around the track five times and kind of liked it. And so I kept doing it, kept doing it. And he, he had a, 
a, what's called a playground track team. And they compete against the other playgrounds in the area, which was about 11, 12 other playgrounds. And so uh, we, 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 I got on the track team as a nine-year-old. Most of them were 12 and under, but I made it as a nine-year-old. And so I, the only thing I had to look forward to all day was getting out of school, going to that playground, and running around that track. getting. Yeah. Are you there? That's, yeah, oh, I get sorry. home by dinner kind time. Kind of broke up. And, uh-huh. Yeah. I get home by dinner time, and then... Fix dinner for my for my brother and myself, and then do our homework, go to bed, and get to, then do the next same thing the next day. So I actually raised my wow. brother. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna ask you if you had a sibling. So how much uh, younger oh, yeah. is he? He's uh, he's 80, so he's three years younger than me. Okay, that's like me and my sister. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, it's fun being oldest, isn't so that, it? So <laughs> that playground hooked me on running, and then from there I went on to to the middle school track team and so on. Yeah. You know, we were talking about your dad, you know, and I know, you know, you didn't know him that well, uh, or, you know, because no. he was working all the time, but um, you you apparently have a soft spot for veterans because your dad, you know, served. Oh, oh um, yeah. So, you know, why do you, how do you, um, you know, why is it, <laughs> I don't know if your dad talked about it or, you know. Oh, yeah, well, I just, because, you know. Yeah, they're, Go ahead. they're the, they're the heroes of the world, I think, our world anyway, mm-hmm. uh, the veterans. And he put uh, in four years in the Navy. And when he came home, he didn't have a job. We were poor. We didn't have anything. And then he finally found a job working all night. And I, I said, boy, this is so hard. So I, uh, that's where I developed a soft spot in my heart for, for veterans. And I try to help them out as much as I can. I always give them money. Every time I see someone on the corner that's a veteran that's says, you know, need help, so on. I, I give them as much money as I possibly can at the time, and sometimes I'll give them socks, and sometimes I'll give them shirts and things like that to try to help them out a little bit. So I, re- I really love veterans. Have you ever gotten involved in Team RWB? No, what is that? Okay, they are a group, and, and I, I'm, I get involved with them once in a while. It's um, a uh, they're the Wounded Warriors, and so they have a. Oh, okay. I guess like a. Oh, the Wounded Warriors. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and so they, yeah, you know, I think, yeah, my dad was a veteran too. He served in Korea, and. Um, wow. Yeah, my so dad I served in the Second World War. That's how old I am. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, day he came back and, in the Second World War, the day he came back in the Second World War, that's when my, my mother walked out. He walked in oh, the door, no and she walked kidding. out of the door. Oh. Yeah. Oh my God! Did you? She did rattled, you know why? She, she fell in love with a sailor. She was a waitress at, at a restaurant when I was a boy, and she actually said she fell in love with another sailor. So when my dad got home, she took off with him. Oh, my God. That must have been devastating. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was yeah. tough at the time. But we made it through, and we, my brother, my dad, oh. and myself, we call ourselves the Three Musketeers because my dad never remarried. In fact, yeah. to my knowledge, he never even had a date from that point on. And we're... We're from oh. an old Italian family, and you know, once married, always married. So he wasn't about right. to marry again. So wow, we kind of raised ourselves. You know. oh, man, that's that's an incredible story. God, <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> I know. It's like we, yeah. okay. I'll try not to take up too much more of your time here, but you're so fascinating to talk to. Um, when so, you speak of Wonder uh, Warriors. Uh, I, I yeah. run three or four races a year that benefit the the, the Wounded Warrior Project. Yeah, we have a lot of them down here. Yeah. 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 And uh, so I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm kind of familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just uh, and, and there's different organization or different names for organizations too. I think Team uh-huh. RWB is one. There's I forget the other one. Okay. Oh, uh, Band of Runners. Actually, a friend of mine um, has started oh, that really? one up. Yeah. And yeah, so it's but yeah, I have deep respect for for people that go over and serve, especially now without a draft oh, or anything. Oh. You know, it's like that's oh. tough. You know. But, yeah, I yeah. just like the like the like the nurses and so on the front line. Now we're doing this COVID. I mean, oh, oh you know, you talk about no. warriors. They are warriors, boy. They really are. They really are. Um, so anyway, so apparently you have the Longo Scholarship Fund, and that seems to be building or gaining momentum. Um, are there any um, moments that have really stood out to you since you started this mission of giving? Well, I, uh, yeah, I did have a, a nice contribution. Uh, a, a man from uh, from New York 
called me one day or I put it online and said, I want to do an, uh, a little expose on you with regard to that. Okay. Me type thing. And, and I put it on his uh, podcast. That's what he did. He actually did a uh-huh. podcast on on Zoom. And boy, for that, something getting that thing going. I, this old guy <laughs> don't, can't learn the tricks very quick. So we did it. It took us a half, took me half an hour to get on Zoom with him. <laughs> Finally got on. <laughs> and he did a podcast of me. And he put out that uh, uh, for every, he, would, he started like a fundraising, go fund or something like, like that. And he said, for everybody that donates, I'll match any donation to the Longo Scholarship Fund. And so we end up, uh, after about two months of that, end up matching $1,000. Check for $2,000 to put in the Longo Scholarship Fund. And out of it, I pay for entry fees for people. I, at that time, I was buying shoes before I got these demo shoes. And uh, I was using it for that. I use it other ways. A young gal who had lost everything, she lost her baby, she lost her job, she lost everything. She didn't have a car anymore. She was trying to buy a car. She found a part-time job. She was trying to buy a car. She didn't have money. So I gave her $1,000 out of that scholarship fund to help buy a used car so she could get to it from her part-time job that she got. So that, that's wow. some of the money I used out of that. Another friend of ours, uh, one of my wife's best friends' husband died. But they didn't have money for the funeral, so I gave them $700 to, oh, for the funeral. And their son also needed a new musical instrument. He wanted to play in the band, so I gave him $200 to buy a trombone. So that's where the money out of the scholarship fund went to. And yeah. uh, So that's helping people out. That's my whole mission. I want to help as many people as I can with what time I have left. That's wonderful. That's Yeah, you're, and you're touching so many people's lives in a positive way. And I, you know, I'm sure that this... Something that they'll never forget. So that's well. That's, if it helps them out, that's that's when they, whenever they say thanks, that's my reward. There you go. Yeah, I hear you. That's, that's all I need is thank you. <laughs> <laughs> not okay, much is it? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's no, not much, is it? <laughs> no, but well, you you come cheap. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, um, I just have a couple more questions for you. Sure. Um, this time, this is for. This is regarding fatherhood, and again, these are from Sue. Um, she uh, wants to hear about your time with Reed uh, at the U.S. Open site when you guys played doubles. We entered a tournament uh, here in town called the uh, Equal Tennis Challenge, sponsored by Equal Life Insurance. It's a father and son, mother daughter, father daughter, so on, a doubles tournament. And you play in what we call a district tournament. And so when my son saw this, it was uh, advertised on a flyer at our at our tennis clubs. Said, you know, get into the Equitable Family Tennis Challenge, and uh, father son doubles. So my uh, my son at that time, Reed, said, Dad, let's get into that. He he was a real good player. I was average, a little bit above average maybe, but he was a real good player. He said, let's get in that father son tournament. Maybe we can win it. So we get into the local district tournament. And we won that. So they said, well, your next step is to go to the regional tournament. So we read myself, went to the regional tournament in uh, uh, someplace in Georgia, I think it was. And we won that, which qualified us to go to the national father-son national tournament at the U.S. Open Tennis Tournament in Flushing Meadows, New York. We wow. would play uh, on the outer course during the U.S. Open Tennis Tournament. And so read myself, played in that. And we won a couple of rounds, and uh, we finished with that. So playing with him through three different tournaments, really, you, know, you talk about bonding, because you have to depend on each other to do our part, holding up our end of the stick on, with regard to the doubles. And at that time, we we went, we had a, a, a player's pass to go into the player's room. We met John McEnroe, uh, Beyond Borg, and all those great tennis players. We oh, saw wow. them play. We had a big banquet at the Waldorf Astoria and, uh, for the father and son teams and uh, all the other teams. So so that was a great experience for my son and myself. And we have stayed very, very close ever since. And uh, yeah. I've quit playing tennis. He's quit playing tennis. He's into golf now. In fact, he owns a golf course, oh. driving range, and a pro shop. So no kidding. He's a big-time <laughs> golfer. <laughs> 
Wow, that's that's interesting. Now, one thing that yeah. that she she did point out to me is that, um, and I guess this is from interviewing Reed. Um, you, apparently, you you had an injury, a pinched nerve in your neck, and and how did that affect yeah. uh, things? <laughs> Not good. <laughs> I didn't play as well. I didn't play as well as I, I would have had I been healthy. But I think if I'd have been healthy, I I, I couldn't been, hold my head back very well to to hit an overhead. Uh, everything had to be, you know, ground level or shore. So he had to cover mm-hmm. for me a lot, and it's hard to do that. They'd lob over my head, and I couldn't reach up at the head. He'd have to run behind me to get mm-hmm. the ball back. So the pinch nerve uh, really hurt me with regard to playing well enough. Because before that, we run other two tournaments, and boy, we went right through them. You know, we thought we had a chance of winning the national tournament. But uh, this pinch nerve came on when I was out just practicing one day, and we up to hit a ball. And Back, something hit in my neck. I said, "What is that?" And it started hurting and hurting. I couldn't hardly lift my head. National tournament, yeah. but uh, didn't do as well as I wanted to. And I know I disappointed Reed, but he said, "That's that's okay, Dad. Yeah, you couldn't help it." So, yeah. otherwise, we I think we had a real chance of winning. Oh, yeah. oh no, he no, he wasn't at all. He, he was, no, I meant he, you. He's a good. He uh, was I. Oh, I was devastated because I, I figured I'd let him down so much. I, but he wasn't. Yeah. He says, "Okay, Dad." So he, he's he's such a good boy. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Um, yeah. How old is he? He's fifty-eight. Okay, he's like almost my he age. Could be, he could retire soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wish I could. <laughs> I got I, I got I got sons fifty-eight, fifty-five, and forty-five. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, oh boy. And I got eight grand, <laughs> eight grandchildren, and one great grandson who's going to be a oh year person. Oh That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, wow. I mean, you'll see when you get eighty-three, you're going to have all that. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you know what? I don't have kids, and I never, you know, it just didn't happen for me, and it, it makes me sad. But oh. I do have a nephew, and um, well, that's same same thing. Adop- yeah, he was adopted from Guatemala, and I went with my sister and wow. my husband when they picked him up and he he's 14 now and yeah he is a joy oh, and we we've bonded well we we got him when he was eight months old and yeah so i mean he and i you know we text and you know stuff like that and i'm really sad because right. i can't go home at christmas this year but um you know just because no. of everything going on but uh no, but yeah i, I mean it, it, but it's nice and i have that <laughs> i have a i know i sound like the weird cat lady but I, uh, I live in a neighborhood that's kind of got like a feral cat colony, and um, so my neighbors, it was my neighbors, but then when I moved in, they, they, they don't understand fence lines, and so, so yeah, so I've got them, and so I take care of them, and I, yeah, occasionally I'll have that, kids. That's like, that, that's, that's, that's harder than having kids. I, I know, almost, you know. and I think it's also why I teach, you know, because I enjoy, you know, nurturing people. So oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah, but. My, my anyway. wife, uh, my wife taught elementary school for uh, 35 years. Oh my goodness! Wow, that, she taught English as a second. Yeah, she taught English as a second language, ESL. She she had nine different learning groups in her room, nine different learning stations. Some spoke oh Urdu, some spoke Spanish, some spoke French. Because we have a lot of, uh, you know, people. This is kind of the melting pot here in New Orleans. So they yeah. go to elementary school, couldn't speak English. She taught them how to speak English. And to this day, people are thanking her. They're adults now, obviously, and they're thanking her for what she did for them. Teaching them English for all those years. That's that's really incredible. That's that's wonderful. Yeah, I, yeah teaching is a, is a wonderful vocation. I mean, it's not oh. for everybody, but but I'm glad that I that I you know kind of got a second career out of it, and uh, it's yeah, it's it's been rewarding. Some, so, some, you do you teach journalism now in, in college? Yes, I sure do. Yeah, and I, I teach yeah. some video and audio recording, or you know, video and audio oh. editing. And, um, oh. yeah, some photojournalism and, yeah, I'm actually the advisor. We have a student magazine. They actually brought me up here um, to create a student magazine because I had worked on one oh. when I was living in the Rio Grande Valley. And uh-huh. this, yeah, so we were we were on our third issue this past spring. And um, we, nice. just won, we just won um, one, one of a handful of best magazine awards in the country. And uh, that's really saying something i mean it's it's yeah so i've been pretty good about you know like wow i'm really you know <laughs> i still got it you know because we, we used to win that award pretty often when i worked at my other university so 
Yeah, I mean, I just think it's a matter of giving kids, yeah, just giving the students, you know, the the you throw the keys, you know, to the car at them, and you sit in the back seat and let them drive, you know. And <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're some you're some talented to be able to do that. I'll tell you what, I'll trade you. I'll send you one of my books if you'll send me one of those magazines. Oh, for sure, for sure, absolutely, okay. yeah. So yeah, so email me your That'd address be good trade. when we get off. Uh, yeah, it'd be more than actually. We're we're about to uh, finish our next um, issue. We're, we we were an annual, and then last year when we started, we're like we should do this twice a year. I thought, oh my god, I'm gonna have this breakdown. But but we're oh almost done goodness. with it. But but I'll send you the current one, and then when we get the new one, I'll send that one too. Because uh, yeah, so it'll give you something and to read. Just, uh, just email me your address, and I'll email you mine, and we'll trade. For sure. <laughs> Yeah, okay. that sounds like a, a fair thing. All right, I got two more questions for you. Okay. okay. Um, Rob um, recalls a time in which you stood up for some boys that were uh, kind of getting picked on. I guess like there were some racists involved. Um, what are your memories about that? Which incident? I can't remember. Okay, so there you stood what, up for some saying? boys that were. Okay, you were standing up for some boys that were experiencing racism. Do you remember that at all? Hmm. Okay, <laughs> he did, <you> but I, <laughs> I, I, uh, no, not really. Okay, I've no had so many no incidents. Yeah, I know. I'll have to ask Rob. I'll have to ask Rob which one it was. Yeah, he remembers. Yeah. It's probably it's probably a long time ago. He he was. Yeah, well, he remembers it, but I don't. <laughs> that's okay. No problem. Um, and then my final question for you is. Do you agree with Rob that uh, part of your passion for sports has to do with the drive to outwork everybody else? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I do. Uh, it kind of goes back to right now at my age running. Uh, they wonder why I've won 120 straight races in my age division, various age divisions, uh, because I try to outwork every other runner. I mean, uh, I go out and I run five, six miles a day. I'll do a hill run once a week. I'll do a speed work once a week. How many other 83-year-old runners will do that? What they do, they go out and run a couple miles. Couple, yeah, those guys, they go out and run a couple miles twice a week and say, "I'm ready for a race." They wonder why I beat them by 10 minutes because I try to outwork them. Yeah. <laughs> and I, well, you I, took, I work hard. My dad told me one time, one piece of advice is, that if you want to be good at something, you got to work at it. You got to work yeah. at it. You got to work at it. So that's stuck in the back of my mind this whole time. So I'm going to outwork any runner my age that I know of. And I, yeah. so I try to try to do that. So that, that's my whole mantra is outwork anybody. And I try to do that when I play tennis. I play tennis every day for two hours and try to. And I've won a bunch of tournaments in my age division because I outwork everybody. So it's it's kind of gone that way now. Now I'm trying to outwork everybody as far as helping as many people as I possibly can. Trying to go out and find these people. And, and I've been pretty successful. Seems like God just dumps opportunities into my lap somehow. Yeah, uh, I'll be someplace, and somebody will. I'll talk to somebody. They'll, they'll need something, and I say, "Here, I can, I can meet that need." And it just happens. And people say, "How do, you, how do you find all these people?" I said, "They just, I don't know. They, they happen to me somehow. I don't know how come the opportunities arrive, but they do. So I take advantage of them. So <laughs> that's really that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> 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 and it's a good story. <laughs> so, well, Dickie, it is such a pleasure to talk to you, and I'm really glad. Oh, you've been a delight. Let me tell you, it's been oh, wonderful. Well, it's the best, in, best interview I've ever done. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Wow. I've, I've well, had a bunch you. of them. <laughs> oh, that's good. Fact, that makes me uh, feel really good. This past week, the, uh, they have what they call the uh, uh, someone who's done something significant after age 65. They talk to you, film you, and put you on the jumbotron at the New Orleans Saints football games. I and saw so, that. Yes. Yeah. And uh, that's so cool. I, I couldn't appear at the game, so they just put it on the jumbotron and they put it out on on um, Facebook and stuff and so on. And so that's what happened. So that that's my reward for doing everything for other people is being able to be rewarded like that. I should going to get a trophy if they ever sent it in the mail to me. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so cool. I haven't got it yet. <laughs> you probably have like a wing of your house that's got all your awards and everything. <laughs> Don't you I've do got that? about 500 uh, medals, and what I'm doing, I'm going to, my, on my birthday, May 27, 2021, I'm going to sponsor a race. And I've got 500 medals. I'm going to give a medal to everybody who enters, 
There'd be no entry fee. It's going to be free, 5K in our what we call our city park here in town. And I'm going to give a. I've got 500 medals. I'm sure I won't have over 500 people come to the race. So I'm going to give away a medal to everybody who comes. No entry fee, and I'm going to give a T-shirt to everybody. And we're going to run a 5K race all together for everybody that I've come in contact with, everybody that knows about the work that I've done, so on. So we're all going to get together, 500 of us, hopefully, at that time. So. I'm looking forward to that next May. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, next May. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully by then everything will be a little calmer. <laughs> I'm hoping we – well, I did run a race the other day. Uh, uh, we had 500 people in it, So, but we were wow. supposed to do this thing. You, you had to wear a mask uh, yep, yep. Uh, before and after you ran. You could put the mask in your pocket when you were running and then put it back on. And the awards yeah. they were giving, social distancing, all that. But So we're getting together in big groups now, little by little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it does it does help. It makes you you know stop feeling like this like is we're on Mars. Oh or man, you know? 2020 has been the worst year in the world. Oh. oh God, and and hearing it from a guy who's 83, that makes me, you know, I believe you. You believe oh. me? Yeah, I've been yeah. through a lot of the years, so this has been the worst year, yeah. 2020. Jeez. Anyway, but uh, all right, Dickie, I will let you. I know I didn't mean to keep you on here for an hour, but that's actually oh, so much fun. You've, like you've been a, it's been a joy. Thank hour. you so much. Yeah. Okay. You're very welcome. And, uh, I'll, I'll uh, email you my address. I will do the same to you. Thank you, dear. All right. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. So I hope you enjoyed that interview. I know it went a little longer than most of my episodes, but I feel like it was worth it. Um, again, he's just a delight. Um, I hope that if you're in the New Orleans area, you might even get a chance to run with him at some point. I'm hoping after COVID, maybe I can get myself over there. Um, but it was just it was just a really inspirational time for me. And um, also just a little update on my running, in case anyone cares. Um, yeah, so over the weekend, I attempted the world's longest turkey trot, which was a fundraiser for ALS. And thank God it was mainly a fundraiser and not a real race because my running kind of went off the rails. I think I did five on Thanksgiving. I I don't know what happened to me on Friday. I think I got, and then Saturday I was busy with school. The problem was, is that this kind of intersects with my school work, my work school, my work life, um, balance. And so I was sort of left with, oh my God, I'm sorry. My neighbor is cutting his grass. Um, <laughs> hopefully you can't hear that. Um, but anyway, yeah. So it was just sort of like, I, I, I underestimated the amount of time that it was going to take me to do this. And so, yeah, I, I ended up running about eight and a half yesterday. Um, but yeah, it, it, it wasn't that great, but Nonetheless, I, I at least did it, and I think I, I may have gotten a contribution or two toward the cause, so thank you. Um, but also, this weekend, I am volunteering and hopefully running at um, Colorado Bend State Park, which is up outside of Lampasas, Texas. It's not in Colorado. It's just the Colorado River is nearby. I also refer to this place as Satan's Driveway because it has a lot of giant rocks in it. Um, yeah. Uh, I haven't run there for a couple of years and every time I've ever run there has been at night because they do this summer night series there. And uh, yeah, so it might be kind of fun to see what it looks like in the daytime and during the winter um, or, you know, I guess we're in fall, but it feels like winter right now because it's kind of cold actually. Um, I mean, for us and uh, yeah, but I'm also volunteering uh, all week. I'll be out there all weekend. Yay. Kind of like a comedian saying I'll be here all week. Um, so yeah, so I have that. And then the following weekend, I've got the Mosaic Trail Race, which is um, somewhere outside of Austin. I've never done this one before, but again, it's a similar thing. I'm going to volunteer and then you know run the following day because you get it for free. So I'm excited about that. And then I'm kind of on my own until I think Bandera in early January. So I'm just going to have to in my time off, I am going to have to like really figure out how to get my mind right about doing 20 milers and whatnot. And I think I can do it. Um, it's just, I think sometimes I just try to do these long runs and I'm 
I get distracted thinking, oh my God, I've got to do all this and that and the other thing. And it's like, no, you don't. Well, yes, I do. <laughs> but I just have to figure out how to manage my time a little better. Um, yeah. So outside of that, that's pretty much all I've got. So um, anyway, I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. Mine was sort of uneventful, but that's cool. Um, did have a Zoom call with the family. It was kind of awkward and weird, but it was okay. I mean, not weird, but it was kind of funny. Um, but anyway, that's all I've got for now. And I will see you next time.